Anybody ready for the word this morning? Come on, come on. Anybody feel like there's a storm coming? I'm not talking about Sandy either, right? You know what I'm talking about. There's a storm coming, right? When it's when the when the body of Christ rises up. Yeah, grab a mic. When the body of Christ rises up and the kingdom starts shaking things, it feels like there's a I feel it in here. I don't know about you guys, but I feel it in here. So I'm excited. Let's stand for the reading of the word this morning, would you? Morning. Readings from Second Timothy chapter three, starting in verse thirteen. Evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being <coughs> deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Equipped for every good work. Yes. Amen. 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 Come on, church. Equipped for every good work. Do you know that the Word says that we can be equipped for every good work? Somebody say good night or something. Everybody turn... This thing on? Equipped for every good work. Listen, if I could sum up in a phrase what I want for this church family more than anything else, it would simply be that. That we, that you and I would be equipped for every good work. Isn't that amazing? Why, why, why do you think the military is sending Edwin to, to artillery school? So that he could be equipped to fight that part, particular battle, right? And then after that school, he'll probably have to go to another school. And he'll probably have to go to another school, right? So that he can be equipped in, in artillery. So that he can be equipped in, in strategy. So that he can be equipped. The Word of God says that we can be equipped for every good work. Oh, somebody got to wake up this morning. Listen, that's the role that I'm called to play here. That's what I was given to do. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for what? Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For, for what? For the building up of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. To, to, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by human cum, cunning and by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So that we will no longer be children. So that we will reach mature manhood. Womanhood. Amen? Listen, it's time for the church to stop being little babies. Can we all say amen? amen? It's time for us to say, you know what? We're here for a purpose. We're here to be equipped. Equipped for what? Equipped for every good work. And, and so that means we can't, we can't come here with the little petty nonsense, right? We, we come here to get the word. We come here to encourage one another, to build each other up, to pray for and to be prayed, prayed for. Amen? 
so that we can be equipped for every good work till we reach mature manhood. That's the role of every teacher and preacher in this house. We're here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You are the ministry team of this church. Man, if you would get that, you are the ministry team of this. The ministry arm of this church is you. Everybody feel your arm. You are the ministry arm of this church. Amen? See, I want us to understand the power of the Word and the Spirit inside of us so you, you can get in your head that you don't come here to be prayed for. You come here to pray for people. Oh, man, come on. Man, you thought you were coming to a baby church where, where, you know, all the professionals will come and pray for you and all the professionals will worship for you and the professional musicians will lead and the professional uh, ushers will usher and the professional deacons will deacon. And, and, and no, you are the ministry army. You, you come here to do the work of the ministry, amen? I wish three people were excited at least about this. You don't need to have the pastor lay hands on you. You can come lay hands on the pastor. Amen? Sometimes you need to do that. You could go lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. You can lay hands on the blind and their eyes will be open. You can speak to the lame and have them get up and walk. Amen? Listen, church, I think this is a critical, a crucial time. We need to, we need to get that and really get that in us. Why? Because we need to teach that and instill it in our children. Come on, say, say, go in, Pastor. So that our children will be competent and equipped for every good work. Does anybody want their children to be competent and equipped for every good work? We know Proverbs 22, 6, right? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The message puts it clearly. Point your kids in the right direction, and when they're old, they won't be lost. Oh, isn't that powerful? But you know that that can work for evil as well? Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. There's a quote that says, In order to train up a child in the way he should go, we must in fact go that way ourselves. Now I expected to get quiet. Now it's going to get. See, I want to talk today about leaving a legacy. About, about being men and women that the next generation could follow in a message titled, Son of a Blessing. Son of a Blessing. We want to raise some sons of blessings up in here, amen? See, I, I want you to get where this is coming from. This past week I was preparing for Sunday and then I had on my mind this special ceremony that was taking place Saturday night. Uh, a family in our church, they were preparing for their son who was turning 13 years old. And it was not just a birthday party. It was not just, let's have cake and ice cream and sing happy birthday. It, it was more, it was a ceremony. It was a special time for, for their son. They wanted to pass the blessing on to their son. And as you may or may not know, there's a Jewish custom that when a, when a child turns a certain age, they have a special ceremony and a celebration. For the boy, it's called a bar mitzvah. For the girl, it's called a bat mitzvah. Right? And, and many cultures have similar ceremonies. In the Jewish custom, the boy, after a season of training and teaching and studying, he, he comes to that, that ceremony and he recites his prayers before everyone. He speaks and he becomes a bar mitzvah. 
And, and what that means, bar means son, mitzvah means commandment or law. So he becomes a son of the law. And he's expected now to walk in the law and to keep the law. Somebody say, good luck. So as believers in the Messiah, in Yeshua, in Jesus, you know, we had a different ceremony where a young man became a bar barakah. And I'm saying it in Puerto Rican because I can't say it in, in Hebrew. I'll bring Gary later. So instead of, is, is bar meaning son, baraka meaning blessing. Be, he, he became a son of a blessing. Amen? So I was so excited to be a part of that, but as I was preparing for Sunday, at the same time I had a hard time separating the two. Because I, as we were on Saturday about to release the blessing on this young man where all these incredible men, the grandfather, the father, the, and, and pastors were united and brought together to release the blessing on this young man so that he can be the son of the blessing that God had called him to be. I knew that there were going to be so many people sitting here this morning. Much, much, more, more than likely much older than 13. And yet, have not received the Father's blessing. Sometimes, because we never got that word of affirmation, that word of encouragement, or those words that declared our identity, those words that point us toward purpose, because we had to, so many of us had to figure it out on our own as best as we can. Can somebody say amen? Unfortunately, so many of us are still struggling at 30, at 40, 50 years old, still trying to find ourselves because we never got the Father's blessing. I'm not talking to anybody this morning. Listen, I know what it's like to desire the Father's blessing. My dad, he's still, he's still alive. He's in a nursing home, though, and, and because of dementia and Alzheimer's, he, he no longer knows who I am. And so for, for years now, I, I can stand in the room for, with him and he can't or won't, he won't or can't acknowledge me. He can't acknowledge that he knows me, that he loves me, that he even ever knew me. Now, when, when he did know me, I, I know that he loved me. I know that, you know, he showed me the best that he could, that he loved me. I knew he loved my kids. But can I tell you something? Growing up, he never told me. And I always strived to hear the blessing from my father. I would do and I did just about anything to get that blessing. I'd do anything I could to hear him bless me. I, I, to, to hear him speak highly of me. Now don't get me wrong, I used to hear from other people that he was proud of me. And at those moments that would encourage me. And I used to hear from other people that, that he, he's, oh, he's always bragging about his son. They'd tell me at his job or they'd tell me, you know, the family, oh, he's always bragging about his son. But I never heard that. I heard that when I became a pastor that he would tell people, oh, my son is a great pastor. Like he'd talk about me like I had some mega church, you know. There was like 20 of us back then. But that he would, I heard that he would, you know, speak highly of me. And he would say, oh, my dad, my, el hijo mío, tú sabes, forget that. El hijo mío es muchacho, un pastor que, tú sabes. My father's Cuban, so he exaggerates everything. Oh, muchacho, tiene como 14 iglesias. You know, he said, oh, my father, you know, I can imagine him telling the story. I never heard it, but I can imagine him telling the story. 
You know, say, oh, my son, you got about 6,000 people or, or, or seven, you know. So, so I used to hear that he was proud of me, that he used to brag about his son, but he would tell people, but, but dad, can I share something with you from the deep part of my heart? Let your kids hear that from you. Would you receive that today, parents? Let your kids hear that from you. Don't assume they know. Don't think for a minute that because you work hard, that because you pay the bills, that because you stood around when others broke out, don't think that that's a substitute for hearing the words. Can, can somebody hear me this morning? Don't think that, that, that just you being there is enough. Don't think that because you paid the bills, that because you didn't break out when other dads broke out, don't think that that's enough, that that's a substitute for not saying, hey, I love you, son, I'm proud of you. Hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, I like the way you did that. I'm proud of you. Or, or even, hey, man, you messed that up, but it's all right, man. But I saw you try, man, and, and you know what? Next time we'll get that. Don't, don't let that be a substitute, amen? Don't let that be a substitute for, for, for you saying, for, for your kids hearing, listen, man, I'm in your corner. I got your back. Amen? Well, didn't, didn't you need to hear that as a, as a young person? Didn't you want to hear from your dad? Man, I got your back. I don't care who comes against you, I got your back, right? You can get as hood rat with it as you want. I'm your ride or die, amen? Let, let your kids know that. So this ceremony this weekend, it was a beautiful tradition that in our progressive culture, we've lost. And, and, and because of that, I think we're missing out on something so beautiful and so incredible. And I, and I thank Lee and Josh for doing that and for opening my eyes to that. Our, our generations have had these, these beautiful things stolen from us. And in the culture that many of us have grown up in, the blessing has eluded us. But say no more. Say no more. Come on. See, in Jeremiah, the people of God had gone far from God. They were living no different than anybody else. They, they weren't living right. And we, we read in Jeremiah how God has sent the prophets to warn His people. He, he sent the prophets to call them back to the paths that God has for them. He warns them what's about to happen. He, he tells them they're about to be devastated by the enemy, but they don't listen. They don't care. An example right there is in Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and then walk in it. And you'll find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk in it. God is saying, ask. You know, as men, none of us like to ask for directions, right? Thank God for GPSs, because now we can blame the phone for being lost. And our wives can't get mad. We say, no, I'm listening to the phone. Blame Apple, blame Android, blame whoever you want. But at least, you know, but, but before, you know, for those of us that go back a little bit, when the wife says, stop and ask for directions, we're lost. And you say, we're not lost. I know where we are. Right? I know where we are. And then you pass the same guy 20 minutes later, and you're like, oh, man. Right? It's hard for us to ask for directions, but, but God is saying that's what we need to do, church. We need to stand at the crossroads, and we need to ask, what is the good way? What is the ancient paths? What is it that, that God told our ancestors to do? What is it that God taught those before us to walk in? What is it? Where is it? And then once we find it, walk in it. And the Word says we'll find rest for our souls. 
Church, I believe today is a warning for many of us. And you know I'm not some gloom and doom preacher that I'm always beating you up and telling you, you're going to hell, you know, turn or burn. or uh, That's not me, but I really believe today this is a warning for, for many of us. Uh, maybe it's the storm coming, I don't know what, but I, I really believe for the, it's time for the church to search and find the good ways. It's time for us to search for the ancient paths so that we can walk in it, more importantly, so that our children can be blessed. I pray you really get this because I want your children to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. Amen? I, I don't want us here on a prayer night praying that your child would get out of jail early or praying that, you know, that he won't have to do life or, or praying that he won't get killed or praying. But, you know, I, 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 want us, I want our children to be blessed. I want us to be here praying for them and interceding for them. Why? Because that they're searching the right paths, that they're asking what's the ancient way. I, I want our children to be competent and made whole by the Word of God. Somebody say amen. So those were God's people and they were, they were about to be devastated because of their own behaviors and their failure to find the good way. And the same thing happens today. John says, Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? We've all heard that. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. And, and sometimes what I hate about these, these real powerful verses like that is that we take them and we get so super spiritual, right? And then we get all religious about it and we want to hold on to, to, and hold on tight to our religion. And then we want to fight the big fights and battle the big, you know, we want to battle same-sex marriage. And we want to battle for women's rights. And we want to battle against abortion. We want to just go for the big tickets. And don't get me wrong, those are, those are legitimate and important issues and battles. But what we don't realize is that as we go like this, the enemy's right underneath our nose stealing the things that are important and crucial to us. Stealing the ancient ways that are good, that were God instilled in God purpose. Listen, you, you can take this quote and some of you are going to get offended and you can send me emails to Mark at Sanctuary Fellowship. <laughs> I, I did it, Gary. I used it again. But here's the quote that, that I want to give you. What's the point of saving the children from abortion if we don't even bless the ones that are born? And I'm not done. If we're not going to teach them the ancient paths, if we're not going to show them the good way to walk, listen, is it really justice to save them now to have them destroyed later? We're taught about the Father's blessing right in the first book of the Bible. It's not like we even have to look for it or search for it. In Genesis, we start hearing about the birthright and the blessings that are given to the firstborn. And almost every culture still has some form of ceremony like this. You know, there, there's tribes in, in the weirdest, you know, the most remote villages that, that speak their own, you know, don't even, you know what I'm saying, like tribes. And they have ceremonies where they, they, they pass the blessing on to their kids so they become manhood. But in our progressive culture, we, we have none of these traditions anymore. We had these, these traditions. We still have remnants of it. Where do you think we get the idea for quinceañeras and sweet sixteens? 
Right? It, it, it comes from, from those traditions of passing. But look what that's turned into in our culture. A spoiled brat fest. Where we spend money we don't have to give kids things they haven't earned in hopes that they would eventually do the right thing. There's very little blessings at most Sweet Sixteens today. Amen? Sadly so. The purpose of the blessing is to give purpose to the calling. To say, to say to a young man or a young lady, we've shown you the way. We've demonstrated it. We've lived it out before you. Now it's time for you to decide to walk in it. The sad thing is, you know why we don't do that most of the time? It's because we haven't shown them the way. It's because we haven't pointed out the right way. It's because we're not walking it in ourselves. So it's hard to tell somebody to do something that you're not doing. Amen? We do it. Do what I say, not what I do. Right? Stop, stop effing cursing. What's wrong with you? I hear it. I hear it. Don't you hear that in the stores every day? Who told you you can... And I'm like, that's a four-year-old. You're just F-bombed four times in a sentence. How do you, how do you F-bomb a four-year-old and then get mad when he says... Beep. Right? So, so I mean, this culture, we, we got it so twisted. We, we, we don't give them the blessing. and we don't. It's because we haven't shown them the right way. And sadly, that's in the church sometimes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on. So right in the beginning, man, we hear about the blessing in Genesis 1.27. God blesses Adam and Eve. He created man, male and female. In verse 28, he says, and he blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. I give you every seed bearing plant and every tree that bears fruit on the whole earth for you to eat. God gives the blessing. Isn't that amazing? He made male and female and he said, be fruitful and multiply. What, what, is that, what does that translate today? Have sex and eat. That's not what the word says. I know religious folk get all twisted now. He said, have a lot of sex and have a lot of food. Isn't God good? That's a blessing. He said, I've given you all of this. In Genesis 12, he blesses Abraham. He, he tells him, I will make you into a great nation and I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. When we really get that, that everybody on the earth is going to be blessed through us, that should start to change the way we walk. Amen? How are people going to be blessed through us if we're not searching out the ancient paths? If we're being just like everybody else around us? If, if we can barely keep our eyes open today because we were in the club last night under some Halloween costume um, and, and, and can barely stay awake during the Word right now? How, how is the world going to get blessed through us if we're not walking in the blessing? See, the covenant has been handed down to the sons of Abraham all the way to you and I today. God says, I will bless you. I will bless those that bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Somebody say amen. In Genesis 25, Abraham dies. God blesses Isaac. And there's a blessing, church, that needs to be handed down from generation to generation. 
Why is it that our, our, our fathers aren't showing us the ancient paths and the good ways to walk in? Probably because they weren't shown the ancient paths. It's sad, right? I, I can't get mad at my dad because I know he probably did more than his dad did. And so I love him and I don't hold anything against him. I know that he showed me the way he knew to show me how, how you know, that he loved me. But I know when, when, when you're in the third grade and you get out of the third grade and you go to work, there's, there's probably not a whole lot of affection going on there. There's probably not a whole lot of I love you, papito. Right? That, that just wasn't, that, that, that's not the, 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 the Hispanic culture back then. That's not the I love you, papito, and I love you, and I love no, it's, it's, you know. Right, 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 right. Right? If that's kind of, that, that, that means I love you. You know, that means I, that means I love you. Get it right before I have to break you up. Right? So it, it's a different culture. But so, so listen, they, they probably weren't shown the ancient paths. And so is anybody tired of, of seeing history repeat itself again and again and again? Is anybody in here that, that say, you know, I'm going to start new traditions. I'm going to start things differently. I'm going to be that generation that breaks that part and that restarts to show things the right way and to walk in the right way. I want to be that generation starter. And, and we have, I pray there's a couple of you in here more than, more than your amen. And that's why, see, when the enemy takes our fathers, he hides the blessing. When boys grow up without a father or a, or a father figure in their life, then it's really hard for them to have a relationship with God who we refer to as the Heavenly Father. It's hard for men to see God as the father when they never have experienced the love from their own father or from another father figure in their lives. We read, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. If you've been with us from the beginning, you know we went through the entire book of Genesis, and we've talked about this, but, but we know that Jacob and Esau, it was customary from, at that time that the firstborn would receive a birthright and a special blessing from the father. That blessing was important because for the families descending from Abraham, that blessing came with the covenant that God made to Abraham. The covenant that said, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And so most of you know the story. Jacob steals the blessing from Esau. Right? The, the, the father's about to die. Isaac is old. His eyes are kind of gone. He's, he's viejito, anciano. He's, he's ready to go and it's time to pass on the blessing and so he tells, he tells the son, listen, go and make me a meal and, and prepare it, bring it to me and that because I want to bless you and die. It's time for me to go. And so Jacob finds out about that. You know, the mother's in this mix. She's doing everything she shouldn't be doing. And, and she's in the mix. And Jacob steals the blessing from Esau. When Isaac's about to die, Jacob dresses up like Esau. Now, Esau was, was a big, burly hunting man. I pick things up, I put things down. You know, he was one of those guys. I lift them up, I lift them down. I shoot them, I kill them, I eat them. He was a big hunter guy. J- Jacob was a papichulo. He was, you know, mama's boy. He was smooth skin. He, was, he had the gel. You know, he was, he, w- he was a different kind of, kind of guy, right? So in order to trick him, it says that he puts on fake hairy arms, right? And then he goes into Esau's hamper and he pulls out a sweatsuit from the hamper. To make sure that it smells like the burly, pick things up, put things down guy, right? And, and so he, he tricks him and he lies to, to Isaac and he receives the blessing. 
Now listen, the blessing passes on the priesthood in that time. The blessing passes on the priesthood, so it could only go to one son. And, and it, because it came with a great responsibility to be the priest of the home. It was always supposed to go to the son who was obeying God and walking in the faith. The one who will continue to pass on the blessing to the next generation. Well, what happens with the blessing? Esau goes on to have his lineage destroyed. They're called the Edomites and nothing good comes from his lineage. He, he takes on, he's the first one to take on a second wife and starts polygamy. He has heathen wives and, and he, 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 his, his people are always being wiped out. They're always, whenever we hear them mentioned in the word, they're against God. What happens to Jacob? Jacob goes on to wrestle with God and he starts to get right with God. God changes his name, causes them to walk different. Jacob goes from being Jacob the deceiver to Israel the man of God. The blessing makes a difference. Somebody say amen. Jacob has 12 sons. Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. The Redeemer, Jesus, comes from the, from the tribe of Judah. So from his lineage comes Jesus. Amen? When, when Jacob was blessed, he became the son of a blessing that he was called to be. Jacob received the father's bar barakah and prospered, but Esau did not receive it and did not prosper. We've seen those children whose parents blessed them tend to prosper for many generations, while those children whose parents actively cursed them do, do not bless them, they tend to not prosper for many generations. In the New Testament, the, the blessing is different because each and every one of us is called the royal priesthood. So in the New Testament, the blessing isn't reserved for just one son or for just the first son. The blessing is reserved for all of us because we're all called to be a royal priesthood. Say amen. So, I mean, we, every son and daughter can get the blessing. We saw it this weekend at, at the ceremony where there was a godly lineage. There was the grandfather, the father, and now the son, men of God. And that was a beautiful thing to watch. You, you've seen that in, in reverse in many of our own families. How many of you know, you, you have your uncle was an alcoholic, his father was an alcoholic, his father's father was a drunk. Have you seen it in, in, in the lineages in your families, right? You were, your parents were divorced, you're divorced, their parents were divorced. There hasn't been a, a, a full marriage in the line for years and years. Right? It's a, it's a curse that kind of gets perpetuated. We can t- trace these generational curses way up our family trees. Divorce, jail, abuse, poverty. Am I talking to anybody today? We see it, right? Do you see it? Do you, do you see that angry parents make angry children? Do you see that judgmental parents make judgmental children? Do you see, have you seen it for yourselves? Or am I, I'm not just talking scripture. You've seen it, haven't you? Right? Nasty people make nasty children. (laughs) Beautiful people make beautiful children. Right? Children might... And and, and nobody's saying perfect because if there was a perfect people, they'd make perfect children. But there ain't nobody perfect, right? So there's no perfect children and there's no perfect people. But, but, but when, when, there's, when there's a purity of heart, man, when there's a humbleness, when there's a, a beauty in you from the Lord, and you walk in that, you see that beauty in the kids. And they might make mistakes, and they might go here and there, but you see the Word says, train them up, and they're going to walk in that way. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. Does anybody want that? 
See, but, but you know, we, as a church, sometimes we talk too much about generational curses. And we could do, you know, I've, I've, I've heard people do entire messages on generational curses and entire series on generational. We don't need to hear about any more curses. The blessing cancels the curse. Amen? We need to talk about generational blessings. <coughs> I'm going to ask all the pastors that I've spoken to earlier, I want you to come and line up with me up here at the front. Family, we need to start speaking blessing over a fatherless generation. Some of you are about to get your lives rocked right now. See, in, in closing, I, I want everyone who hears this message to be the son of the blessing that you were called to be. Maybe let's, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Let's stop the texting. Let's stop the chatting with the neighbor. Let's stop the looking around. Let's stop the bathroom breaks. We're almost done. I promise you, you can leave a son of the devil if you want to leave a son of the devil that you walked in as. It's up to you. But I really believe God has a blessing for you today. I really believe, listen, there's some of us that, that we struggle, man, and we don't have a, the correct identity of ourselves. We don't have the right picture of ourselves because we never received that blessing. Because we never got that affirmation. And what we want to do right now is we want to release the blessing over several areas and hopefully we'll cover just about everyone in this place. We want to release the blessing over you. So if you're ready to receive the blessing today, would you maybe stand, change your position? Please, not a time to walk around, not a time to, to talk to anybody. Keep, keep, it, keep it right to yourself right now. But please release, release the blessing, pastors, and I want everybody to just receive these blessings. Amen. So I'm going to go after sickness right now. We know that different sicknesses, cancers, heart conditions run in families. But you know what? You don't have to carry that. You don't have to, if your parents died from cancer, your grandparents, it doesn't have to come on you. I break that in Jesus' name, and I just bless you right now. Just receive it. Yes. I decree and declare mm -hmm. that you are cancer-free in Jesus' name. That I bless you right now with, with the knowledge that the sicknesses, the afflictions, the pains, the ailments that came on your forefathers, will not come on you. I yes. decree it right yes. now yes. in Jesus' name. I just bless you to walk in divine health. Yes. The Lord yes. said, I will not put any of the sicknesses of Egypt upon my people. Mm. So I just bless you with that right now, that none of the sicknesses of this land, no plague will come upon you. In Jesus' name, the Bible says that when the, when the Jewish people, after years of slavery, came out of Egypt, not one of them was sick or feeble. So I decree and declare over you that you are not sick, you are not feeble, you are not weak in your body, but I bless you with the strength of God right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, receive that. Receive that. I want to speak, I want to speak a blessing against uh, the curse of poverty. 
I can, I can say this because growing up, see, we didn't have a whole lot. Growing up, we barely had enough. And, and I know barely having enough. I know eating white rice and ground beef every day. I know eating white rice and eggs every day for dinner, right? A lot of us grew up. I know having Cheerios for dinner. I know, see, we, we didn't have enough. And then when, when I got married and, and we had kids and we were young, and I know, man, every day, every week we would buy the, the diapers and the formula. We'd buy them on a credit card. So I know, man, not having enough. And then in those times I gave my heart to the Lord, I started walking in God's ways, and, and, I, and I figured, well, that'll change. Now I'm going to have money. Now God's going to supply. God's my Jehovah. Right? He's going to supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. And I thought things would change, but, but, but God met us and always gave us just enough. But I never had abundance. I never had more. And, and, I, and I always said, man, how come? How come? And I always struggled, and we always had just enough, just enough. But listen, the, the word, there's, a, there's laws in the kingdom of God, and, and the word says, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So sometimes some of these things that we call curses, we have to understand that they're training that God shows us. And, and we can get out from under those curses when we walk in blessings. Amen. So the word says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 8 says, whoever sows generously will reap generously. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen, we came, there was not a high school graduate in my family. Now I have a college student and a college graduate. Now my wife went back later and got a master's degree. Now we, we, now we see the abundance. We've been able to pay off the debt that we've in, uh, built up over 20 years because God is faithful. <clears throat> and so now I can speak from the blessing of God's abundance. And so I curse poverty in your, in your life and I release blessing. I release the laws that God put into practice that those that are generous will be generously rewarded. That those, those that plant will reap harvest. And so I just release the blessing of financial security. I release the blessing of abundance. I release the blessing of prosperity in, in, the, in the godly biblical method of prosperity that we know that comes from the Lord. So receive it today. Let God, allow God to show you the things that need to change. Allow God to show you the ancient path, the way to go, and then walk in it, and you'll see the blessing of of, uh, prosperity in your life. In Jesus' name, receive it. Amen. Amen. Where's the married couples at? I hate divorce. Come on. I hate separation. It damages our children, it damages the homes, it damages us. And how many of us can, can go back and think, oh, our parents got divorced, before that they got divorced, and, and even if they were married but yet separated. Let's break that right now in the name of come Jesus. On, Amen. On. Father God, we come against divorce. We come against separation. We come, come we curse right now divorce in the name come of on. Jesus. And, and we ask right come now, on. Father come God, on. to bless our marriages, bless our homes, bless our families, Father God. Bring wholeness, Father God. Bring restoration, Father God. 
Bring unity where there's, the, where there's division, Father God. No longer will we be separated. No longer will we be married, but yet miserable, Father God. Father, bring peace. Bring joy in our marriages, yes. Father God. Yes. Lord, show our children that, yes. that you made marriage to be fruitful. You made marriage to be great and awesome, Father God. You made relationships to be awesome, Father God. You created it, Lord, to be that such, Father yes. God. So I speak blessings on our relationships, in our marriages, Father God. Teach us. Teach us how to talk to each other. Teach us. Teach us how to act with each other, Father God. Teach us, Lord, to be, to be peaceful, Lord, Father God. Teach us, Father God, to worship you together, to pray together, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask these things, Father God. So bless the marriages, bless the, the, the marriages that will happen, Father God. Yes. Stop preparing for those who are talking about marriage. Prepare those hearts right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Receive that. Amen. Good morning. This morning I have the awesome privilege of praying for some of the strongest people that yes. I've had the privilege of knowing, and those are single parents. So whether you are a single mother here or a single father here, I want to bless you. I am the product of a single parent home. No one can tell me that that I'm not here because of a powerful, powerful mom who's about this big, but man, is she powerful. So I say that because the first thing that I want to break off of you is any shame or humiliation or condemnation. So, Father, I bless the single women and men who are parents here today, oh God. And, Father, the first thing I ask is that you would bless them with wisdom, oh God. The wisdom of knowing that they are complete in you. They are whole. They lack nothing. Nothing, oh God. Father, they are powerful, God, with you as priest and head of their homes. I pray, oh God, that you would release the spirit of Hagar in them that cried out to you. You are the God that sees me, oh God. And I pray that they would embrace you, Lord, that they would hold on tight and weather any storm, oh God. Father, I come against any feeling of lack. I know, Jesus, how hard it is to struggle in a single parent home. So, Father, Father, I bless these homes with prosperity. I pray, God, that they would have the best of the best. That they would have iPad 10s before the iPad 5 or whatever Come comes on. out, Lord Come God. On. Father, because they are a perfect picture, Lord. Your word says that in your weakness I am made perfect, oh God. So I pray that these homes would lack for nothing. That they would have abundance, oh God. That they would give out to others. I pray for their children, God. That they would not feel that they lack a mommy or a daddy because their parent is going to show them the best daddy or mommy they could ever have, oh God. So I bless them with wholeness. I bless them with completion, oh God. I bless them with abundance, Lord Jesus. I pray for scholarships, Lord God, for higher education, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they would know, that they would know, that they would know that you are the God that sees them. And if you are for them, then nothing, no one could be against them, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord, that these awesome people would settle for nothing best than 
nothing less than your best in their lives, O oh God. And I thank you, O oh God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would raise up men and women, O oh God, to surround, to help in the provision, Lord God, to help raise the children, Lord Jesus, to help pray and bless them, O oh God. They are not lacking. They are not less, Lord God. There's nothing wrong with them, Lord Jesus. They are mighty and powerful through yes. you. Yes. So I thank you for the testimonies that are going to come, Lord, from these awesome, awesome families. And I bless them today with every perfect gift that comes from you, Lord God. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. Be blessed. Receive that. Wow. I have the opportunity to to address um, addiction. Come on. And, uh, and this is this is something that's close to my heart because uh, I'm I grew up with a mom who was who suffered through addiction, addiction to drugs, and uh, um, through the consequences of her addiction, and eventually led to her death. And um, and and through the power of God, I've been able to break that hold of addiction over my life and and yeah. over my children's life, and they'll never have to deal with that. That's right. You know, but I want to say because I've I've, I've I've broken that that hold over addiction of drugs doesn't mean I've broken the the addictive nature, and so as I speak over addiction, I want to address the addictive nature because you can beat one and then just transfer that addiction over to something else. Yeah. So I'm going to touch on a few yeah. addictions here today. I wrote mine down, so I just want to read it out. Lord, I ask for your mercy and your grace for those caught in the grip of addiction. Yes. Just the recognition of addiction has never given us the power to control it. And you know that. Which is why, we never bl- why you never blame us or turn away from us. But we ask your forgiveness because in our attempt to either escape pain or control our own lives or maybe drawn in because of something we inherited through generational addiction, whatever it may have been, we have found ourselves stuck and unable to break free. We ask for your compassion and your chain-breaking power to destroy the hold that addiction has had on the people today, Lord. Lord. We confront these addictions today, drug addiction, sexual addiction, eating addiction, gambling addiction, work addiction, shopping addiction, alcohol addiction. Father, we surrender our lives over to you today and ask that you cause us to rise up out of addiction. Lord, that a power stronger than addiction would consume us. And that power be your Holy Spirit living in us, revealing your purpose in us. Releasing us to a freedom only found in you when we give up control and surrender to you. Lord, today we speak life and blessing into your people, especially the children of addictive parents. We speak freedom, freedom from any, any generation of sin, curses that have a hold on your people. Freedom to the families of those affected by addiction to, yes. the, to be released from the grip of fear and enablement. Freedom to the children to dream again and look toward building a future to do even greater things than we have done. And rebuilding what was destroyed by addiction and inside and out of, outside of us. So Lord, give back the years the locusts have eaten. Give back the years the locusts have eaten. Give back the years the locusts have eaten. Come on. Yes. Receive that. Receive that. Amen. And I'm here for the fatherless generation. 
So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father God, I break the curse of fatherlessness right yes. now, Father God, from yes. the youngest to the oldest. Yes. Oh, Father God, I break that curse right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. From this point on, Father God, Lord Jesus, there will be no, no more fatherless generation in this church, oh, Father God, Lord. When these young people, Father God, grow up, Father God, to be fathers, God, they are going to be a father, God. They're going to be there for their sons, Father God, for their daughters, Father God, from the time they are born, Father God, Lord, until the time that, that, that the fathers just go on to be with you, Father God. So God, I just speak blessings over each and every person in this place, Father God, every young man, Father God, Lord, that they, and I speak, Father God, Lord, that they will be fathers that will be there for their children, Father yes. God. They're going to protect them, Father God. They're going to love on them, Father God, Lord. They're going to pray for them, God. They're going to be men of God, Father God, who worship you, Father God, in spirit and in truth, oh, Father God. I come against any rejection over anybody in this place right now now, Father God, from just being fatherless, they just be rejected from every area, Father God. Young woman or woman that are looking for love in the wrong places, God, they, they don't have that father, for they're looking to the, you know, for the love from that guy, Father God, Lord. So, Lord, I just speak love over your children, Father God, Lord. I, I, I come against rejection in the name of Jesus, Father God, and I just speak love right now, Father God. Love on them right now, Father God. Yes, but from this yes. point on, Father God, these young people that are growing up, those that are going to get married and have children, they will be fathers, true fathers, Father God. Fathers of the faith, Father God, Lord Jesus. Fathers to their children, oh Father God. So again, in the name of Jesus, I break every curse of fatherlessness in this church, Father God. I thank you, Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 Receive that. Receive that. Amen. There's a blessing written in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that the high priest would say over the people, because there's power in a blessing. When somebody speaks a blessing over you, they're not just making you feel good, but when someone releases the blessing of God over you, it's like releasing a container of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's active. So if I speak a blessing over your finances, I'm releasing containers of spirit to begin to become active to work in your bank account, to bring multiplication and provision. There is power in words. So I just want to say that blessing over you right now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. So I just bless Amen. you with that right now Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. And as Melissa was releasing the blessing before over the single parents, I was just seeing God really doing something. And I believe He's not finished yet. So I know we could pray for everyone, and if you need further prayer, we're going to be in the back afterwards giving prophetic words, hearing from God, and you can receive more ministry. But for right now, can I just want to, I want to honor the single parents right yeah. now. Come on. I, I, I just saw that God is doing something new. Will you come if you're a single parent? Again, you don't have to say anything. People are always afraid that if they come, you're going to be on the spot. Amen. Amen. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and here was the picture that the Lord gave me. I'm, I'm, and maybe um, Pastor Mark can help like with this. I'm, I'm going to ask for those who are in ministry, the married couples, if you could just come and stand around them, pastors and their spouses, deacons and their spouses, prayer team members and their spouses, please come quickly. We just come around them, and we want we want to begin to speak that blessing because I believe no matter what you've gone through, even there's been no man that God is about to turn things around. He's building a new generation, and it's starting right here and right now that the afflictions, the poverty, everything we talked about will not come near you. Thank you. I want to encourage you as women to anoint your children. My mother anointed me with prayer many a time. I would see her crying on her knees, crying out for us. So I want to encourage you. You, you have the power of God living within you. Yes. Surround them with your prayers. Even if they don't see it, it's okay to cry in front of them. It's okay to show the struggle because it shows you their, it shows them your strength. It shows them who you are calling on and depending. I encourage you even to take oil to, at their beds when they sleep. Cry out to God. He is the God who sees you. So, Father God, right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you for these mighty, mighty women and men of God, oh God. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives, and I pray that you stir up a flame and a passion for you, oh God. Because I know that only you, God, can make the way. I know that only you, God, can provide. I know that you, oh God, can give us what we need, oh God. So I pray for a passion for your word. I pray for a passion for the things of God, that it would be multiplied in their children, oh God. I pray for faith and courage to rise up. And Lord, right now I ask for healing, God. So many times society views, Lord, single parents as broken or lacking, Lord God. So I pray for healing, God, from shame, Lord God, from any humiliation. Let these women and men here know that we love them, that we see them as complete in Christ. We see them, God, their purposes for their lives and for their children's lives, that we we as a church are interceding and praying that we care, oh God. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, to release the resources, God. Sometimes these parents just need a break, Lord God. Mm, yes, they Lord. need a break. <laughs> yes, Lord. So God, I ask you, God, <laughs> to bring the support, Lord Jesus. Lord, Father, the neighbors, the helpers that will just care for the children for a moment so they can breathe, oh God. Father, remove the weight of all the burdens of the household, Lord God. Yes. Remove the weight, oh God. Let them realize that you are on your throne and you are in control, oh God. Let them know that you see their struggle, oh God. That you are surrounding them and their home and their families, oh God. For those with babies, oh God, I pray, God, that when they're tired in the middle of the night, oh God, that you would send your angels. 
wherever they go, wherever they are. Provide the jobs, oh God. Open up the jobs for them, Lord God. And Father, I don't pray, Lord God, for spouses, Lord Jesus. I pray for completion in you, oh God. Because I know that other things will come, Lord God. But I know what's most important, oh God. Your word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added on to you. So I thank you that all other things will, in your season, be added on to them, Lord God. But for now, I pray for strength. I pray for courage. I pray for wisdom. I pray for resources, oh God. And Lord, just let them rest in you, oh God. Complete and total rest and surrender, oh God. Just be glorified in their lives, Lord Jesus. Yes, 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 Amen. So those married yes. couples standing yes. around, would you just come and lay your hands on them, come just on, like they on. did in the Old Testament, and begin to release that blessing? Let yes. them know that they are not alone. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's say, just release it right now in Jesus' name. Something's breaking. Something is changing right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. The rest of us that are here, if we would just receive these blessings, we're going to just read from the Word of God. You can do all things through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.13. You show forth the praises of God who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, 1 Peter 2.9. You are God's child, for you are born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God which lives and abides forever, 1 Peter 23. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ unto good works. You are a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are a spirit being made alive to God, Romans 6, 11. You are a believer and the light of the gospel shines in your mind, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 
You are a doer of the word and blessed in your actions, James 1.22. You are a joint heir with Christ, Romans 8.17. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you, Romans 8.37. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, Revelations 12.11. You are a partaker of his divine nature, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. You are an ambassador of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. You are part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people, 1 Peter 2, 9. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath, Deuteronomy 28, 13. You are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. You are His elect, full of mercy, full of kindness, humility, and long-suffering, Romans 8, 33. You are forgiven of all of your sins and washed in the blood, Ephesians 1, 7. You are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom, Colossians 1, 13. You are redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty, Deuteronomy 28, 15. You are firmly rooted built up, established in the faith and overflowing with gratitude. Colossians 2.7 You are called of God to be the voice of His praise. Psalm 66.8 You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Isaiah 53.5 You are raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.6 you are greatly loved by God, Romans 1.7. You are strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, Colossians 1.11. You are submitted to God and the devil flees from you because you resist him in the name of Jesus, James 4.7. You press on toward the goal to win the prize to which God is Christ has called you up Word, Philippians 3.14 For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. It is not you who live, but Christ.